Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Agents of Revival podcast. How you doing today? I pray all is well. I thank you for joining me today with this message and this new series that we're in called Jesus People. I think God just going to have us end the season out with this. Yes, y'all, we're coming to an end of the season, but my, has it been an amazing season too, y'all. I don't know about y'all. But I was saying to God in my prayer as I was preparing to deliver this message, I said, God, thank you. Because if it if this season two of Ages of Revival podcast has not blessed anybody else, it has been a blessing to me. Because I don't release messages, y'all, that's just all willy-nilly or that's just uh, my own thinking or my doing. I not only pray and study with the Father so that I hear a message to give you, but then I'm also speaking either from places where God is dealing with me currently in or that God has already taught me a lesson in and I'm now teaching it to you. And so either way, um, it, it's still just lessons learned, uh, growing, um, and just wanting to share what what God is sharing with me. So I pray and hope that you all have been enjoying this season as much as I have. And I know it's only two seasons in, y'all. We got more to go. But I'm just so grateful um, to not only be doing what I love to do, which is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with you and teaching and just ministering and helping people through counsel. Um, but also, I... I enjoy our time together. I think this is my favorite season thus far. <laughs> I know you like, girl, it's only been two seasons. I know, but y'all, this season has just been amazing. Amazing. So I really do hope and pray that it, it's been stirring your faith. It's been giving you some things to think about. That's been, of course, drawing you closer and closer to Jesus. And that it's... um dare I say, doing a working in you, make making some changes out of your heart that has not been like God uh, and God wants to draw you closer to him. So, yeah, y'all, you know, we are gearing up for revival nights, uh, which will be starting March 31st, 2023. That's actually the last day of season two. And I'm really excited for revival nights. If you've been noticing, I've been placing it at the end uh, what well, the description, excuse me, of the pod, each podcast lately has had the description of Revival Nights. So you get the code that way. If you're not able to um, either go on social media or you don't have social media um, or you don't know me personally where I've sent you the flyer, then you're able to see the description for Revival Nights under the description of um today's podcast episode so just go look at the information scroll down and then you'll see i have the zoom link there so you can jot the zoom link down we're meeting uh march 31st 
6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's free of charge. All are welcome. Young and old, it doesn't matter what denomination you are. God just says, come one, come all. He has a message for you. And it's like I said, it's going to be a, a night where we're just going to serve the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord, serve the Lord together. We're going to um, hear what the Lord is saying to the church. We're going to discuss some things that are crucial and pivotal in terms of the church healing and moving forward. Uh, one of the biggest topics that we're discussing uh, first up, and if you've been taking or haven't seen, I've also done a, a Revival Nights survey that I'm asking everybody to take part in. It's anonymous, so you don't have to worry about me knowing who you are or me you know, connecting it back to your experience. I won't know who you are. You're just answering a few anonymous questions about your experiences in the church body of Christ. Doesn't matter denomination. And just have you ever experienced church hurt? Uh, you know, do you feel loved and welcome and supported in your church? Uh, do you feel like you can grow? Just a bunch of different questions. So that's also listed at the end of the description as well for this podcast episode so go check that out it's also on my social media platforms on instagram i'm at andrea griffin rogers one or um at agents of revival underscore official i'm also on facebook at andrea griffin rogers youtube is at andrea griffin rogers as well so i know i took some time um this morning kind of getting into um some announcements first <laughs> you know like in in the uh, baptist old school baptist church you had the announcements first then the pastor get up say his word so i had to give you all the announcements first and get that out the way so that you can know and govern yourselves accordingly <laughs> as they would say in the church um and so today's message of the jesus people series we're at part six and god said today's message is called bounce back season yes y'all there's so much to dive into with bounce back season. I know some of you may be thinking one way or the other, but you know, we can't do anything without going to the father first because he always has a message and he pivots it to the way he wants it to go. So I may spend time studying to give you a word, but at the end of the day is what the Holy Spirit wants um, to be said and discussed. And we're also going to touch in some scripture topics as well that God gave me. So before we go any further, let's say our prayer and then we'll get into the message. All right. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to receive a word from Heavenly Father. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. May you get the glory, honor, and praise from all of our lives. We keep none for ourselves. May I be decreased in this moment, Heavenly Father, so that you may be increased. Lord, your children need clarity. They need vision. They need insight. They need revelation. They need knowledge. They need wisdom. They need strategy. They need to know how to steward well what you are giving them, Father God. So God, I just ask some people, God, I even hear need peace. They need peace in their heart, peace in their homes. It's just chaos all around, Heavenly Father. They're not getting any rest. So, Father God, I just pray for each individual right now that is going through a stressful time, that is going through confusing situations or circumstances, that's going through a moment or a time of unrest and unknowing or even civil injustice. Father God, I just ask that you step in in that moment and give each individual what they need in this moment, Heavenly Father. May they realize recognize feel your presence holy spirit hear them beckoning you beckoning closer to them god that you know them by name you see what they're going through and that you have a plan for all for your word promises 
that you will cause everything to work together for the good of those who love you, Lord, and are called according to your purpose. And so, Father God, if you still have us here alive today, then that means you have a purpose for us all, Heavenly Father. So do not allow the enemy to snatch purpose away from your children, Heavenly Father. Help them to identify, understand, and equip them to move forward in the purpose that you have assigned for them in this moment, in this season. You have created us for such a time as this. Get the glory, Lord, out of our lives. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So, uh, bounce back season. I was, you know, talking to the father about this. And it actually came during my own personal moment of studying and meditating with the father and just learning and trying to understand what, um, where he's taking me in the new season of transition as I am going from the waiting room to my elevation stage, my ascension stage, so to speak. And, uh, just, you know, what all does that mean? How am I meant to show up? Who am I meant to become in this moment? What lessons do I need to learn to take with me on that, um, next level on that journey? Um, and just allowing God to do the work in me and in my heart. And I've, as I've been learning a lot of things, I heard, uh, bounce back season and it was basically going off of this particular scripture in joel chapter 2 verse 25 to 27 i'm reading from the niv version this time instead of my usual new living translation uh don't worry y'all i'm gonna always get back to my new living translation but sometimes you gotta read from a different translation because it'll uh word the original text very differently uh and so it gives you a different perspective um, and so it says, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the cutting locust. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want and you will praise the Lord your God who has done these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, that I am the Lord your God. And there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. And so a lot of people have probably heard this text before. It's not new. Um, you've probably heard it in terms of like the Lord restore the years that the locusts and the kinkin worms and the devouring worms ate. Or just the Lord restore the years. And so God is saying that today for some of you, some of you like me have been through a season of trial, a season of turmoil, a season of testing, and you're just trying to figure out, uh, God, when is it going to end? When is the next going to be, um, You've been doing that work every time you pray to the Holy Spirit. He gives you work to do. He gives you a task to do. He gives you an assignment, a new lesson to learn. And you've been applying those principles. You've been doing the work needed so that you are prepared for your next. And God says, I see you. I know you by name. And this is your bounce back season. He is not going to allow it to hinder. He's not going to allow um, it to continue being this season where you lack. God is saying, I'm giving you everything back. And so as I was praying to the father about this message, he also reminded me that this is my word for the church as well. That yes, he allowed COVID to happen so that it could be a stirring and a shifting and a rearranging of mantles and things and, uh, 
people who have been in power far too long in the church. But he says, I'm also rising up new voices and I'm also making some changes in my church so that it can reflect more of the church in Acts chapter two, which we're going to talk about today versus what we see today. You know, God is saying it's time for unity to come. And if you, you've been hearing me minister about that time and time again of God wanting unity, God wanting the church to become one, God wanting us to be one body under Jesus Christ. Yes, we are many parts, as it says in First Corinthians 12, but we are still all part of one body. And it is high time that we start to act like it, that we start to look like it, that we start to have the, the essence of one church instead of all these different denominations and all these different man-made belief systems and whatnot jesus is saying it's time for my people this is why he had me specifically titled the series jesus people he is saying it is time for my people who are called by my name to humble themselves repent of their wicked ways and seek his face so that he can restore the land that's in um I believe the first or second chronicles, but God has even been showing me. It's not just about restoring the land in terms of what we, what we know of land of ground of earth of dirt of where you live, but it's also the land of your heart to the, the, the land of the church, the body itself, restoring all of that so that it can be more reflective of Jesus and less reflective of the people. Man, I am teaching better y'all listening. Okay. God is saying today, no longer is the church as usual as it has been for generations going to sustain in this new season, in this new shift, in this new awakening that he has taken the church into? That that old system is dead and gone. And I know there's a lot of churches and the church leaders that are trying. Oh, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. There's a lot of church organizations in the body of the church and or, or uh, in religious systems excuse me and church leaders that are trying to hold on to what was but even as they're seeing that old model is dying because that model was never god it was all man it was man-made attempt to control the people to control faith but how many know out there that faith cannot be controlled okay you have got to let the holy spirit do what it does and it moves like when it moves as a dove it moves as a bird like an eagle and you cannot tame or control an eagle okay an eagle baby is not like a chicken it it does what it wants it flies on a different level on a, on a higher playing field because it has a different advantage or vantage point than what you can see on this earth and so god is saying in this in this system in this time that i am restoring the years that have been developed devoured in the in your life and also in the church i am restoring the years where it seemed like a famine had grew in the church and the people weren't there anymore and he's saying that's because i'm showing up very differently than what i've shown up before you've seen me show up in one way you you have become accustomed to church as usual and so you've wanted things to kind of stay that same way and god is saying note that don't work no more i'm shifting things i'm shaking things up and we have have to stand up i talked about before rise up rebellion we have to be willing to rise up in this moment in a rebellious stage that says no longer will your religious traditions work anymore it is about spiritual maturity it's about growing closer and deeper in the father and showing up in the way that he tells us to move you know a lot of people were talking about the revivals that was breaking out all over the country and especially in which um 
what they say in a sense started in Ashbury, but as I've been learning, it hasn't really started in Ashbury. It's just that they kind of got a lot of media attention. And so many church leaders were against the move of God. I was even watching certain, um, you know, religious news stations and whatnot that were coming against what was happening. And they were saying like, oh, it should be this way. It shouldn't be that way. Oh, the youth should uh, have people governing over them. It shouldn't just be them worshiping in the way they worship. Or I mean, it just it just went on and on. It's, it's too much to kind of break down of all the different voices that were having something to say about it. And God is saying today, this is the problem. This is why I'm causing a rebellious spirit to take root into the hearts of the youth. And there are some of you older generations, my seasoned saints, as uh, my spiritual mentor calls you. There are some of you that are even sensing it in your spirit and you're saying, you know what? This doesn't work anymore. It is time for a shakeup. It is time for a shift. That that old system needs to die so that the new system can rise up. God says in Isaiah 43, 18, see, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it or do you not see it? We have to be willing to see how God is showing up in this season. The bounce back is not going to look like what you think it should look like. It's not going to be led by the people you think should be leading the charge god is saying i'm raising up voices in this season that you don't know who these voices are you've never seen them before and you're gonna be like where did they come from and god is saying that these are the voices that i'm stirring up in this moment because i want them that i know that are not tied to religious systems they're not tied to what people think they're not tied to people pleasing they have done the work internally there is no more stinking thinking in their lives they are not living beneath they are walking by faith and not by sight they are working walking in unusual crazy faith to believe and trust jesus at his word that they are they are operating like children in the spirit and what i mean by children in the spirit is jesus said you know don't shoo away the children let the people come to me as children he also told nicodemus that unless you are born again you cannot you know enter to the kingdom of heaven you cannot be uh be with jesus and nicodemus didn't understand what does it mean to be born again i can't go back as my mother's womb and it's with the understanding that born again means when you are willing to release what you've known and pick up what is when you think about a baby being born a baby is not born with knowledge that they would have when they're five or even when they were having their 15 and so forth and so on they are a fresh mind willing to like a sponge absorb everything and so I believe that Jesus is saying the same thing in the spirit. I need you to be born again, to put down what was and to become renewed and like a sponge, soak up what you need to soak up, soak up the, the word that God has given you, soak up his Bible. That's why he says in Joshua 1, 8, and it's honestly reiterated time and time again throughout the entire scripture that we need to study and meditate on God's word day and night. I told us before about uh, you're putting on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. Part of that armor is knowing God's word if you don't know god's word for yourself you cannot use the sword which is the word to pierce your enemy's attacks you are dare i say going on a battlefield with part of, with half of your armor on it's like seeing a soldier and let's say they have their helmet on and they got their combat boots on and they got their gun on but they don't have anything protecting their chest they don't have anything protecting their their rest of their body uh they don't have a, they don't have a bulletproof vest on or or nothing they just they just felt like well i got the helmet on i got a t-shirt on and some jeans 
and some sneakers and and that's enough and it's like that's not enough you are going into a battle a war zone where you're fighting over let's say 20,000 people and you one person like David and Goliath and you think that that's enough and that's not to say really quickly because then some may misinterpret that I'm not saying that God won't give you strategy like he did David to fight your battle yes he'll do that he'll he'll allow you to work whatever you've um, been working whatever you um, have the the talent and gift for he will allow you to use that to defeat the enemy but I was just giving you a practical example of it's like if you imagine a person going into war even in terms of the bible Saul kind of was looking at David when he was not willing to put on the armor of like how are you gonna go to battle with no armor but part of but that spiritual is what I'm talking about. Like this is the practical. Now let's apply it to the spiritual. In the spiritual sense, many of you are living today without your armor on. And God is saying today, no, nah, I want the bullets to bounce back off of you. I want the attacks of the enemy to bounce back off of you. But I cannot allow the attacks of the enemy to bounce back off of you when you are not willing to have on your full armor that protects you god says your armor is there for a reason and i feel led to even start talking about the armor of god once again i told y'all man god will show up in the way he wants to show up because this was not even in my notes this was not what the way i wanted to go with this message but at the end of the day i am but a humble servant willing to serve the lord in whatever capacity he tells me to serve and so i'm gonna go right now instead to ephesians 6 uh Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 and talk again about the whole armor of God because many of you are out here without your armor you know I'll give you a personal example I was recently uh, ministering and talking to a friend of mine and I was telling this person how um you know just how God loves them and how God has blessed them and they started to tell me about how they've been sensing uh, from various people that like God trying to get their attention and that God wants to draw them closer to him and into his word and they were like I don't know how to do that Andrea and then they started to ask me certain questions like they were seeing certain attacks just that seemed small but that would you know be little they were little in terms of the attack but of course any attack frustrates us you know it could just be like you're sitting in traffic all of a sudden when you had to get somewhere very quickly and so you're like frustrated in a moment so it could be just something that's small but she was just seeing constantly constantly like different little small things pop up in her life and she was like I just don't you know uh understand like why this was happening and she would brush it off as oh well it's just something in the natural and i've been teaching at the beginning of season two as you guys know if you've been following me along this journey about it's not personal it's spiritual what you are just brushing off as something that's just personal so that's in the natural this is a spiritual attack baby we are in a war in the spirit and god is saying today this is why you need to have on your full armor you have to have your full armor on because otherwise the attacks of the enemy cannot bounce back off of you and onto the enemy. As long as you don't have your reflectors on, you don't have the armor on, then you're taking in the attacks. And so that's kind of what this person was saying to me when they were saying like how frustrated they would get in the moments of the attack. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't have your, you don't have your armor on. 
Yes, you believe in Jesus. Yes, you can listen to all the most Christian and religious songs all day long. But if you don't know God's word for yourself, if you are not studying his word and meditating on it day and night, if you are not praying consistently and covering your family, covering yourself in prayers, then you are missing part of your armor. This is why the enemy is coming in and able to attack you on the side, able to attack you from, uh, from behind or, or from your, or nick at your foot or something like that, because you do not have the proper armor on. And so I'm going to read Ephesians six once again, starting at the 10th verse. And I said once again, because I've read this before in a few episodes this season, but I feel like God is bringing it back up because we have to understand that you need your armor on in order to bounce back you cannot defeat the enemy without this armor it is very important and so i know for those of you that's like well what is the armor i'm going to share it with you right now ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 a final word be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on all of god's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil i'm going to say that again put on all of god's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil i'm gonna read it one more time repetition is key for you to get it in your heart and in your spirit put on all of god's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I'm going to read it again. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I'm going to read it one last time. So get the 11th verse. Put on all of God. Actually, we'll go back to the 10th verse. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, here's the armor, guys. Listen. Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. We know the good news is the word of Jesus Christ, the truth of Jesus Christ. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. This means that you are willing to stand strong and bold in your faith so that you can stop the arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to say that again. Going back to the, let's start at the 13th verse. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of 
evil, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to stop right there. So what does this mean? This means that kind of breaking it down piece by piece. Standing your ground, putting on the belt of truth. That is God's word. That's one of the reasons why Jesus always talks about, if you go and read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you always see Jesus say, I tell you the truth. And he will give you God's word. That is, in a sense, Genesis to Revelation. It is God's word. That is the truth. But if you don't know the truth for yourself, if you're not studying God's word for yourself, then you don't know how to combat the enemy's lies with truth. So you'll take on those lies. You'll listen to those lies. You'll think those lies. How many of you out there have had stinking thinking, which means that you've had negative thoughts that have nothing to do with God's truth, has nothing to do with who you really are, but either you heard somebody say it to you or you were feeling this way about you. I could think about time and time again, women in my life, and, and sometimes those negative, uh, negative thoughts have even reflected on me, and I've had to combat it. But women in my life, and many of you out there may be those women or you know those women who are constantly looking in the mirror and seeing how fat they are. Constantly looking in the mirror and pointing out what parts of them need to be fixed or replaced or nipped and tucked because of society standards. Because culture says you should look like this and this is the form of beauty. And so you go ahead and you do all this nipping and tucking and whatnot thinking that you should look a certain way. And God is saying that's not my truth. I have made you fearfully and wonderfully made. When I created you I looked at you as a marvelous work I looked at you and said it's very good but because you don't know God's truth for yourself because you can't combat the enemy's lies with his truth his word then you take in that and you consume it when you're scrolling on Instagram you consume it when you're watching TV you consume it when you're in the grocery store and you're walking past and you see magazines you consume the lies of the enemy when you're with your girlfriends and your girlfriends say or even if you were with the wrong man and he points out how much weight you've gained or how you look or how you should wear your hair this way or that way and and then all of a sudden you don't even realize that these are all lies from the enemy these are all attacks from the enemy on your um, on your body, on your self-esteem to get you to a low place where you can easily be attacked, where you can easily be manipulated. You got to learn how to bounce back the enemy's attacks with the armor of God. You have to put God's armor on. So this is what this particular part of the word, really the whole part means, but this particular part of the word is saying that in order to resist the enemy in the time of evil, you have to put the whole armor on, standing your ground in faith with the belt of truth, knowing God's word for yourself so that when that stinking thinking comes your way, when the enemy uses a person who you love to come and attack you in a way and attack your body in a way. And this could also go for men too. So I want just, you know, men to think that that's just for women because I know that there are some men out there where you have a woman in your life or, you know, you've seen on um, TV or commercials or whatnot where people say you should look this way. You should look more like Michael B. Jordan or your body should look like Liam Hemsworth and, and whatnot. And so you start to try to make yourself out to or compare yourself to these people. And God is saying, I've created you uniquely you. I just need you to stand in who you are. 
<laughs> excuse me, y'all. I just need you to know who you are. But when you don't know who you are for yourself, you will fall for anything. So God is saying today, put on the armor, put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. What does that mean? You guys heard me talk about the beginning of the season throughout the uh, first part of the series of it's not personal, it's spiritual. I talked about our anchor scripture at that time, which was Matthew 6.33. And if you realize throughout this entire season, if you've been following me every single day, Matthew 6.33 has come up time and time again. What does Matthew 6.33 says? I'm glad you asked me. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and everything else will be added unto you. What does that mean? That means when you seek God, seeking him with everything in you, not wavering from the light, from the right or to the left, not halfway in this world and then halfway with him, but seeking him wholeheartedly. And then the live righteously part, which is talking about this in terms of the body armor of God's righteousness. It means living in the way that God tells you to live, living in the fruits of the spirit, living in um, and showing up in the way that God says to show up. That's his righteousness. Then everything else will be added unto you in terms of Matthew 6.33. That means that whatever you need, whatever you want, whatever you desire, if it's in God's will. And what I mean by if it's in God's will is not that God can't do it. It's that if if it's going to bring him glory and he knows that it's something that you need to happen in your life, that's his will. Then he will allow it to happen for you. That means everything will be added unto you. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. That's his righteousness. Then let's continue on at verse 15 of Ephesians 6. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. That's the truth of Jesus. That's what that's what the gospels are called. It's called the good news of of Jesus Christ. The truth of Jesus Christ. The the hearing about the miracle signs and wonders of Jesus Christ. Seeing how he loved others. Seeing how he cared for us. Seeing his sacrifice for us. That's you know the peace when you when you receive that wholeheartedly that Jesus died not only for your sins but he also died so that you may be free so that you may be healed so that you may be whole as it said as it's predestined rather and said in Isaiah um, 53 in, in verse 5 that God, that Jesus already made the sacrifice for you then you can rest in the peace of him Knowing that even when the enemy comes to try to attack or tempt you with something that makes you feel like you need. We talk about a lot in today's society and culture of the spirit of comparison. And I've been praying to God about when's the right time to do the message of the spirit of comparison. Um, and, you know, one of these days I will do a message about the spirit of comparison. Because so many people out here nowadays, you are comparing yourself to other people. And God is saying, I don't need you to do that. When you understand who and whose you are, then you can rest in that peace knowing that you are not in a comparative fight or race with anybody else but you and God it's just you and God that's it you are in your own lane running at the speed of grace that he has given you the speed he has anointed you to run you don't have to look to the right or to the left of how everybody else is running and and how they're doing it and how God you know gave the miracle for them because one thing you need to understand and I had to understand this with myself is that you may be on page five. So you didn't start on page one. Maybe you're on page five right now. And if you look to the right, the person to the right of you may be on page 15. And the person to the left of you may be on page 25. The person behind you could be on page one. And the person ahead of you could be on page 105. 
they started reading at a different time than you started reading. That's why you are at the page of five that you're on. But you can't look to the right or to the left or, you know, or even behind you to see well, where they at. You can't even really compare yourself to the person that's ahead of you. Because while you can look to the head of you and see, okay, if that's where they got, then I know I can get there. Now, you're, there may not be the same place that that God has for you that he had for them. But it doesn't mean that you can't be encouraged or inspired that, okay, wow, I know I could continue on. I know I could continue to run in this journey. I know I could continue reading um at the pace that I go at because I know I'll eventually get there. That's what that there is for. It's not so much for you to compare yourself and say that I need to get to this place. It's for you to understand that there is a there. There is a place, a thing to uh, attain to. You know, you guys seem to talk about a lot about some of the people that influenced me that are popular today in terms of like, you know, Mike Todd. And though Pastor Mike Todd... Uh, has inspired me with his crazy faith series and relationship goal series and, and crazier faith series. It doesn't mean that though I've seen God show up and show out in his life that, okay, I'm trying to get there. No, because my there is going to look very different than his there. Yet he shows me that, okay, I can keep going on that where I'm at right now. I don't have to settle, nor do I have to get deterred from my journey because if God is elevating him then that means God can give me the same grace to elevate me if God has sustained him and allowed him to run his race with endurance then God can give me that same race to run my endurance if God gave him a beautiful love that he can you know constantly glow about on social media and and, and all his sermons and teachings of his wife uh, Pastorelli Todd, then God could do the same thing with me in terms of with my husband come along. So it's just, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. And I know I kind of pivoted a bit. I don't want to get too deep into comparison because I know, again, God will allow me at a particular time to talk more about this. But you have to understand that when the enemy comes at you with the lies, with the attacks, you have to be able to, with the fiery darts, you have to be able to put on your armor, the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness, the shoes that are peace that comes from good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, of the enemy. And so that's kind of what I was saying about the, of the spirit of comparison. That's a, that's an evil spirit that's coming to you to get you discontented with where you are God always wanted us to be content with our lot throughout the entire Bible and there's even a particular scripture that talks about be content uh, in Christ Jesus needing nothing but throughout the entire Bible it's various stories of people having to learn how to be content with their lot that your lot is what God allows you to have in your life being content with little or much but being thankful Grateful for where you are and not focusing on what somebody else has and how you want that. When you learn contentment, there's a peace that comes with that because you are no longer focusing on there's a, a pop culture terminology that says keeping up with the Joneses. You're not focusing on that anymore. That type of mentality bounces right off of you and bounces back onto the person that gave it to you or to the enemy. And the enemy, as we just heard, can the can infiltrate people 
So you have to understand that even when people are speaking something against you, you are not fighting against the people. You are fighting against spirits and principalities that may have entered into the person in that moment to test you, to annoy you, to distract you off of your goal. You cannot get distracted in this season, in this time of your life. I don't care what part of the season you're in. I saw it before, whether you're in Egypt, the wilderness, Midian, um, or if you are about to go into Canaan, it doesn't matter. Even if you're at the pit stop of Jericho trying to knock the walls down to get into Canaan, it doesn't matter where you are in your season that God has you. You still cannot afford to get distracted in this season. You have to put on the full armor of God so that you are able to bounce back the, the attacks of the enemy. Put on salvation as your helmet. That means that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and die for your sins, you are saved. You, But you don't just get born again in that moment. That's part of the journey. But it's, it's almost like uh, the best example I can give you is if you get washed up. Let's say you take a shower on Monday and you don't wash up ever again for 15 years later. Do you really think you clean? <laughs> and I know you're like, oh, that's dirty. Yes, baby. But that's how many people think that because they went to church one Sunday or because they got baptized at one point in time of their life, that they're saved, their salvation is secure. They they can continue living the way they want to live. They don't have to make any changes. They don't have to go back for a tune-up to get rewashed, nothing. It's just like, well, I did that one time and that's over and done with. And God's saying no. It even says in his word that we are to work on our salvation, our own salvation every single day. Because the enemy will not stop trying to attack you he will not stop trying to get you off of your your chariot so to speak he will not stop trying to knock you down and this is why you have to work on your salvation every single day because it's a very narrow path as we learn in matthew 7 to get into the kingdom of heaven and many that will think that they've done things in God's name, that because they were pastor so-and-so, leader so-and-so, bishop so-and-so, reverend so-and-so, apostle so-and-so, whatever they, they title wanted to be, pope so-and-so, they think that because they lived a certain way, because of their good deeds, they sold to charity, whatever, that they will be able to get into the kingdom of heaven. And God makes it very, very clear in Matthew 7 that many will say that and he will still say, I never knew you. That's not just about he didn't know who you're name he he God created all of us before we were ever brought birthed into this earth we were from heaven that's why it says children are a gift from God they are like arrows in a man's hand it's understanding that we came from heaven but we were birthed into sin and then you were brought up and raised into sin and you had a choice to either go the righteous path which is a very narrow path or you can go do your own thing but because you wouldn't go do your own thing does not mean that at the end of your day, you could say, well, I know I'm be saved because when I was five years old, when I was six years old, I got baptized and I, and I declared that Jesus is Lord. And because I know that, you know, I believe in Jesus, that's it. And I'm not talking about going to church because there's a lot of people that go to church and you've been in churches for how many generations and nothing has changed about you. You've been in church for how many years or months even and nothing has changed about you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual maturity where you have spent time putting on your armor of God. You have spent time studying and meditating on God's word day and night where you have spent time allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your heart by the renewing of your mind where you have allowed and spent time 
becoming a new person and putting away the old sinful person. Will you have spent time to adopt the fruits of the spirit into your life? This is what I'm talking about. Those are the ones that will be allowed into God's kingdom, not those that chose to continue sinning. And that's not to say that a sinful person can't repent. That's the whole point of salvation is repentance. But repentance is not just about confession. Repentance is a turn. That's what the word means to repent, to turn from the way you were going and go the righteous way. That's why he says it and reiterates it throughout this particular text, but also in Matthew 6.33, to live righteously, live in the way that God is telling you to live. Matthew 6.33 starts with um, to seek first God's kingdom or to seek his face. That's the repentance part to turn and seek his face living in the way he tells you to live. Then everything else will be added unto you. And so, like I said, so you put on salvation as your helmet. It is your covering. What does the helmet do? It covers, it protects your head from injury. God wants your salvation to be your covering and your head of protection, your head of protection. But again, it's, it's only part of the armor. So for those that said, well, I got baptized at one point or I went to church at one point or I confess with my mouth, leave my heart to Jesus, Lord, he died for my sins, but I'm still living my life. I want to live. You are missing part of your armor. Can I submit for your consideration that even your helmet of salvation may not be as secure as you think it is? Could it be falling off? Could it be some cracks in it? You got to take it to the father and find out to make sure that you are staying on that straight and narrow path. And then the last part of it, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you don't have your full armor on, you cannot bounce back the enemy's attacks. This is why so many people uh, are suffering in silence. So many people are just receiving anything in their life and they're just claiming it as so. And God is saying, no, if you have your whole armor on, you can combat that. You know, I heard, um, my spiritual life coach, she was saying, um, Latoya Okia, go check her out, guys. And she was saying on her YouTube channel, uh, I am Latoya Okia. She was saying how uh, recently she was feeling sick. And she just kept saying like, oh, these are my allergies and, and, uh, and my sinuses and some other things she was claiming. And she had to realize, wait a minute. And she had a, a moment with the Holy Spirit where God revealed to her, why do you keep claiming that? I talked about before in Isaiah 53 and 5 that by his stripes we are healed. He was wounded so that we may be made whole. So an understanding that Jesus Christ already suffered for you on the cross that meant not only taking on your sins and your iniquities, but it also meant your sicknesses. Then you could start operating in a place of healing and freedom. And so she had to understand, like, wait a minute, you're right, God. I need to stop claiming this as mine. So then I have to do it in my own life. You know, one of the things that has helped me to, the biggest thing, rather, that has helped me to heal uh, from a lot of the, the attacks of the enemy that, that attacked my body and caused severe sickness. I talked about it before where I almost died three times because, like, it just got so bad. And it was because I had to start shifting my prayer instead of praying, God, can you bless me? Praying, God, can you heal me? I had to start shifting my prayer to start saying, I receive your healing. I'm already healed in Jesus name. And even if that day I didn't feel healed, I had to still keep speaking out my mouth that I am healed, that I am whole, that I am set free, that by your stripes, I am healed, that you are wounded, so that I be made whole. So I can't keep claiming what your word says is a lie. 
You keep claiming sickness. That's a lie from the enemy. God's word says don't claim that. By your faith, you are healed. So you got to start speaking that. Bounce back the enemy's lies off of you. That's what Jesus people need to start doing today in the earth. Stop just accepting anything as is. And start bouncing back by putting your full armor of God on. So that you are able to to do what God is calling you to do. You're able to stand in faith. Jesus does not want you to just be defeated. But as long as you don't. Live by the Spirit's power. Then God says you're you're lacking. As long as you don't know God's word, you're lacking. And so back to the story earlier, I had to tell my friend the same thing. Like, you have to start reading scriptures. And I talked about before when it comes to reading scriptures. Don't, if you, this is your first time reading scriptures. And I don't, I'm not talking about how long you've been in a church organization. Or how long you believed in Jesus. I'm talking about, this is your first time opening up the Bible to really start reading it. So this this is outside of Bishop and them said on Sunday morning. Or the priest said on Sunday morning. Open up your Bible. So this is this page. Or the rabbi said, you know, let's go to the Torah and read. I'm not talking about that. Or the Septuagint. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about, this is your first time by yourself with just you and God. Opening up the Bible to read God's word for yourself. You do not read the Bible as you read an, a regular book. I tell people all the time, time and time again. <clears throat> excuse me. I teach it all the time that you don't read it like a regular book. Why? Because when you start reading at Genesis, you will start to see that the beginning of God's word is, dare I say, it's like high school. And if you are a newborn baby. Now, this is, again, spirit, practical examples for spiritual principles. If you are a newborn baby, you do not give a newborn that just came out their mother's womb. You don't go put them in high school. They're not ready. First of all, they can't even sit up to sit in the desk by themselves, let alone read, study, and understand what the teacher is saying. They're not ready for that. And a lot of people don't even think to apply that to the Bible. You are not ready for the full history lesson that comes from Genesis chapter 1. But what you are in that moment is thirsty for Jesus. You're thirsty for a word. You're hungry for a word that will give you the courage, the strength, the the agility that you need to keep moving forward. So your best thing to do is not to go and start at Genesis. It's to go, if you have a tangible um, hard hard cover Bible in your hand, Flip, pray first before you do it and then just open it or allow the Bible to kind of fall on your bed and see where it it opens to and start reading on that page or just start skimming through the pages. And then whenever you feel like something is saying, stop, stop there and read and nine out of 10, it's going to be a word that you needed to look for in that moment. I know not only because I've done it, but I've, I've heard other people have done it as well. And it was like, oh my God, I didn't even know. And I just so happened to open this particular Bible passage. And it was the word that I needed because that's how God works. The great thing about a Bible app, which I love is 
you can go to the Bible app and then type in what you need in that moment. So if you need peace, if you need rest, if you need joy, if you need salvation, if you need a prayer, if you need encouragement, if you need strength, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling brokenhearted, if you're grieving, you can type in those key words. And the Bible app will reveal to you several different scriptures that will encourage you and strengthen you, quench your thirst, feed your belly if you're hungry for a word. That's how you start reading the Bible. Then from there, as you grow past the stage of just going for, to it for what you need, then you will start to develop more and more of a hunger to read on more, to read more passages, to read a whole chapter, and then eventually read a whole book. And then, and what I mean by a book it is a particular Bible book of a, of a person or persons in the Bible. So not the whole, you know, conglomerate uh, collection of a book. In terms of the 66 canons in the Bible. But it's about like just one particular book in the Bible. Then you'll be able to get to the point of reading the entire Bible for yourself. But you got to start off small just like an infant. You don't start feeding a baby, a newborn baby, a steak and potatoes. You feed them milk first. Because they're not even ready for um, formula yet. Or the 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 mashed up food. They, they Their stomachs can't even tolerate that yet. They just need milk. And so you got to go to the Bible for what you need, which is your milk first. Quench your thirst. Continue quenching your thirst. Then when you get full and you feel like you're ready for some food, then you can get into the meat and potatoes of the word of God. And so I want to read another scripture that God's saying to read, guys. I know today went a little bit long, but I tell you guys, I just let God show up in the way he wants to show up. And I'm just here to be obedient to give you the word. So thank you for rocking out with me. Galatians 5. I'm going to start at the 13th verse. Galatians 5 verse 13. And you know I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And so this is where, really quickly pausing, when you guys see me talk a lot about um, acts of the flesh versus fruits of the Spirit, this is what I'm getting into right now. So right now, I'm going to break down what the Bible says is acts of the flesh. And that is... Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to read it again. This is the acts of the flesh, guys. When you follow the, sin, the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, 
idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. These are the fruit of the spirits, guys. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I'm going to read on to the end. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. This means that when you put on the full armor of God, you're able to bounce back the enemy's attacks and you're able to embody the full armor of the Holy Spirit, which is the inward work and the external work. The external work is the body armor, but then there's the inner working of the fruits that's produced in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Well, you guys see me talk about how the Holy Spirit wants to transform your heart by renewing your mind. This is part of it. To be transformed in your heart means you will embody, as it says in verse chapter, um, Galatians 5, verse 22, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. But people that have not uh, nailed their sins to, to the cross of Jesus Christ, you are still thinking that you don't have to have on your helmet of salvation that, oh, well, I may have done that in one season of my lifetime, but I've continued to operate in the acts of the flesh. As I talked about earlier, which again are sexual impurity, um, Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. When you are operating in them, then you don't have your whole helmet of salvation on. This is why you work at your salvation every day because the enemy will continue to attack your flesh. The spirit is willing, says Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, but the flesh is weak. This is why you got to stay in constant prayer. You have to be on guard. Being on guard, if you think of a, a guard, like if you think of the royal palace in England and you think of the guards that are there, they're not just standing outside in street clothes. They have on full armor. Because they are ready and prepared, even though most days they don't have to go to battle in that moment. They're just, you know, walking around and in the change of the guard. But it's understanding that even though I'm standing here, I must still have on my full armor because I don't know if an attack may come. So I have to always be on guard. God is saying the same thing to you today. You have to be on guard at all times. You have to beware. For your enemy, the adversary, is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's in Second Peter. God tells us time and time again, or First Peter, excuse me, you have to be willing to stand tall, 
Stand your ground in faith, putting on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. And go continue studying Galatians 5 for yourself to make sure that you embody the um, fruits of the spirit and less of the acts of the flesh. Let the Holy Spirit transform you so that when you have on your inner inner armor and your external armor, you're able to bounce back the lies of the enemy. Your enemy, your adversary will not stop attacking you. So it is your job to equip yourself with all you need to carry on. And so, again, I thank you for rocking out with me. I know this message is a little bit long, but I believe that God wanted to this message to get out to not only stir your faith, but also to teach some things to his people. We are Jesus people, y'all. And if we're going to stand up in this season, if we're going to show up in faith for our families and, and fight the attacks of the enemy and in our lives, then we have to be willing to put on our full armor, inner and outer, external and internal, in order to make sure that the enemy's attacks bounce back off of us so may the lord bless you and keep you cause his face to shine upon you may the lord our god be gracious to you show you his favor and give you shalom give his peace take care bye now